What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan with another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And this weekend, the second biggest promotion in the world of mixed martial arts returned to their home in the Mohegan Sun as Bellator 274 goes down with a nice pair of high-level welterweight fights uh, atop the card. Uh, atop another great card, to be honest here. Uh, it, this is one that's it's you know for Bellator themselves, it's going to be hard to build up. Honestly, their last card wasn't great. Turned out to be you know okay in practice, and I think this one might as well. Um, there isn't much on the undercard, but the top four fights on the main card are pretty good. Um, and I will run you through all of them and give you kind of a breakdown of, of every single one of them here as we go. Obviously, Bellator uh, are returning to Ireland the week after this card. Uh, if, if I have my dates right, I must, uh, I must pack my bag <laughs> to go up to that. Then they have a London card coming up. They have a Paris card coming up. So they have lots of good stuff. Although that Paris card, it was announced, uh, I think Melvin Manoff was fighting Yoel Romero. So I, mean, I don't know about that one. And the main event is, is Congo versus Bader. So uh, that could be uh, <laughs> that could be interesting, maybe. But the, I'm really looking forward to the Irish card. You know, the middleweight title on the line and the welterweight title on the line, which is very important. The welterweight title on the line, sorry, in London, which is obviously very important for the top uh, couple of fights here, which we will uh, which we will obviously get to. Uh, but as I said, the undercard. Look, I suppose there's, there's a couple of standouts. The first two fights are, uh, you know, Jonathan D. Lorenzo, 1-0 fighting an 0-1 guy. Another 0-1 guy is, say, a Hockett fighting uh, Theodore McCatchew, 1-2. And there's a 4-0 Justin Montalvo uh, against... Uh, uh, Corey Samuels, Jordan Newman, obviously one of the the prospects coming through. As you you could say, I suppose Montalvo is he's fighting uh, Cody Herbert as well. So you know maybe the two of them are t- two guys to look forward to. Really like the fight between Deanna Bennett and Justine Keish. I've always kind of had a, a soft spot for Justine Keish. I think she's a good fighter, and I'm looking forward to seeing her on that. Uh, Bobby King, Avid uh, Ghazali, uh, Jalen Bates, uh, Krista Chanel, Christian Edwards, uh, Kevin Haley, Nick Brown, as we talked about him in, on a recent preview as well. Uh, he's a champion in another organization, if I'm not mistaken. He's fighting uh, Amanda Nalo in the lightweight bout. So that's probably the, the standout bout of uh, of the undercard. But also the, the big one is Bryn Ward, uh, who comes back and fights uh, Brandon Bell. And anyone who knows uh, Bryn Ward, there's a great article going around about Bryn Ward at the at the moment. You know, he's had you know a, a tough time, I think, over the last few years with... with you know all different uh, parts of his life, and if uh, I'd encourage anyone to go on and and read the article, and I, I'm talking to actually a couple of his friends uh, at the last Bellator event I was at, and there was you know kind of telling me that Brendan is looking in in good shape and thinking about coming back, and now he is coming back. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like. You know he's always been a staple uh, of Bellator, and you know as someone Irish here, we were always kind of you know we always have maybe a soft spot or or maybe even a joke about you know the Irish American fighters, and he's one you know that really stuck out in Bellator for a good few years so uh and I, I always thought maybe you know maybe it was a good time for him to retire at the time or, or take a break away from him anyway uh, but i always thought maybe it was a little bit uh, a little bit too early and a bit a little bit more to give so uh yeah i'm, I'm actually a, a little bit uh a little bit of 90s not on the irish card i think that would have been a good fit but look this is kind of his hometown venue, I suppose, uh, and he's back here, and he'll get a great pop when he comes out, and he is, I suppose, the main attraction uh, on the undercard of uh, of this one. Um, you know, and and he's halfway down through 
you never know Bellator they could, he could be up in the uh, I'm recording this a bit earlier as well so you never know what fights fall out and Brendan Ward might be uh, might be further up but as I said great to see him back and I'm looking forward to uh, to, to that fight um, so let's talk about uh, the main card I won't you know I won't stay on that this undercard for too long because there's you know there's no point as it's always the same with Bellator some local guys one or two good up and comers and then the rest is like you know take it or leave it <laughs> so uh there we go i really like this heavyweight fight i uh, open up the main car between devion franklin and said soma now for said soma his last fight uh against vitaly minikov uh, it, it ended you know with that kind of dislocated finger it was a weird kind of ending but i remember looking at uh some of his fights before that and He's a, he's one of these fighters who kind of waits and waits and waits for his opportunity. And at heavyweight, that's not something maybe you see an awful lot unless it is, you know, this big, massive power puncher. Now, he's a power puncher. He can hit hard. But he's not like a Derek Lewis or, you know, a Francis Ngannou or anything like that. But he he waits for everything. In in that fight against Minikov, it was a little bit different. In certain fights as well, he can fight a little with a little bit more... Uh, enthusiasm is what is the word although that's the wrong word but the word enthusiasm for davion franklin is absolutely the right word this lad just goes forward non-stop trying to land shots all the time trying to knock you out all the time and sometimes it gets him very very tired um i think ty hilton was an mv's opponent i just watched the fight there a second ago i watched a clip of it anyway that was on uh that was on YouTube where they both got like really tired and it ended by a technical decision because there was an illegal shot because they were basically both so tired in the third round that they kind of couldn't keep going. But he is an exciting heavyweight. I think he's four and zero now in his um, you know, in his career, uh, and that's a, a really really interesting fight. I think in that heavyweight division because if you look at that, I'm no, I'm ranked number thirteen in that heavyweight division. That's how that's how. Uh, how kind of uh, badly uh, run it is. Not badly run, but there aren't that many people in it. You know, Jake Hager, I think, is ranked like number nine, number ten. And he's wrestling tw- two days a week. Uh, pro wrestling. Um, so, yeah, they don't have that much in it. They don't have that much strength and depth. Um, and I think if uh, one of these lads can kind of emerge, especially Soma. I think if Soma wins this, he will be right up there. Because you can't, you know go in there with Minikov and, and and go in there in another fight like this and win and put a bit of a, a run together and and not be right up there in a division like this, you know. Uh, speaking to Liam McCord, I don't know if that interview is, is out yet or maybe it'll be out uh, maybe out later in the week, but uh, and if, it's, if it isn't, if it's already out, please go and watch it. Um, but she was kind of saying the same to me in her division. She's in the, the women's featherweight division and you know i kind of asked her about what about cyborg are you ready for that and she was like well i'm gonna have to be kind of ready because there aren't that many people in it and she she did say she could she believed you she beat her and everything like that but you get the point like it's in in a division like that even someone like franklin who's four and oh he put he beat soma you know he he kind of vaults himself right up there because I, i'm not done at rankings in front of me but i believe soma is ranked um and he's a good good fighter and if he wins that he he kind of puts himself in the main card as well here he puts himself i think into a position where he could be uh could be fighting someone in the high up in the rankings and and getting towards the title whereas some i think like if he wins this he could be he could be next for a title shot at at uh at congo or or better depending on how that goes and some fights pretty regularly as well or is re- uh, recently anyway so uh, i think if uh if things keep going well for him there he could be in that mix as well but uh, look I I'd probably talk about it more in the betting show maybe if if I have this is one of my bets but 
I I think Franklin needs to get this one done early here. When you put out that much output as a heavyweight, when you have, you know, every heavyweight's going to gas. So I'm not saying, you know, I was going to say there he's known to, to gas. Every heavyweight's going to gas. If you throw that many punches, it's just about every fighter is going to gas. Uh, it's it's impossible not to. But Said Soma kind of has the perfect game plan or the perfect... Um, uh, his the way he fights his meta game is the perfect game for someone like Franklin uh, in in Soma's favor in that he let Franklin come on to him and throw shots and throw shots and throw shots defend and defend and defend some uh Franklin will get tired and then Soma will either you know pick him off in the, the eight nine ten minute of the fight or win maybe a decision uh, two rounds of one win in the second and third. That's the way I think it's going to go. I think Franklin will be dangerous early. I think he'll tire. And I think Soma, you know, round three finish or something like that is the way it could go. But Franklin is very dangerous. Hits really hard. He's accurate as well. That left hand, um, uh, watch one of his knockouts there. He landed a beautiful kind of step in left hand and then a right hand knockout. Actually, it was up in the, the Bellator uh, YouTube. It was like one of their shots. It was a beautiful, beautiful shot and a beautiful knockout. So it's not, Franklin is not just a, like, um, you know, a headless go forward fighter. He can he can fight, you know, and he can box really well. And uh, this, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a very intriguing matchup. You know, it might be the two best heavyweights in the world or anything like that, but um, it is the attacker versus the, the defender and somewhat counter-striker, although he doesn't counter that much, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but he's an, uh, Somas is a very intelligent fighter. Franklin is an intelligent fighter too, but more of a, you know, a, a go-forward fighter. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, a very, very intriguing fight, too, in the lightweight division. Gorgi? Uh, uh, Georgi Harkanyan uh, fighting uh, Adam Piccolotti. Um, funnily enough, Bellator actually put up uh, Georgi Harkanyan's fight against uh, Ireland's own Paul Redmond there uh, the other day, and I, I was watching it, and, you know, Paul Redmond took Georgi down with a lovely judo throw in that fight, but, you know, Paul, anyone who was Paul Redmond knows he's, his top game is really good, his, his jiu-jitsu was really good, but Harkanyan was, you know... Very, very well able to to manage that situation. Was able to get the on top himself. Was able to get takedowns. He, you know, we know Carcanian's power. He can hit really, really hard. But I think he's kind of added, um, added a little bit more of a variety to his game over the years with a, a kind of a patience as well. If you get me, like I, I think those are the best fighters in the world fighters that can do it all and are confident in doing it all and patience comes from confidence uh, in the mma cage you you can't be confident if you're not patient the other way around you can't be patient if you're not <laughs> if you're not confident. just edit just cut that out just edit that out there and get me his head at the right but uh yeah I, and and that's i i think that's absolutely true and i think carcanians uh you know you can't he's fought so many times in bellator now that you couldn't but be comfortable in there and i think he is really really comfortable in there and it's kind of shown in his ability now he's look he's lost to some very very good fighters uh don't get me wrong and he's you know was it eight seconds he was knocked out against uh against aj mckee look no shame in that either the best of the best to be knocked out and beaten by aj mckee uh, but he's a really really good fighter and i think piccolati is not too dissimilar, honestly, to Carcanyan. I don't think maybe he has the power in his hands, uh, or is maybe as like a straight up technical a fighter as him. But he he has some nice striking. It was funny. I was watching a Piccolati fight, uh, or a couple of them even, and you watch him and you think he's a striker, but then the fight goes to the ground, and you're like, oh no, no, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a is a wrestler. This guy is a is a ground and power artist. And for some guys on the feet, maybe they don't have the power. 
you know, and, and they have a good technical game, but they are, they want to they want to have that power. Like just some fighters like that today, they fight in such a way. Like I always thought Paul Felder was a little bit like that. Paul Felder fought like a power striker, even though he probably would admit himself he wasn't one. And he has even said it in the broadcast there recently he wasn't one. But he fought that way. You know, he got remember he got that one spinning back fist and it was great. But then he was always throwing these big high kick, big hard knockout blows. And it never really kind of worked out for him. I think Piccolotti's a little bit similar to that, where he throws these big hard shots. Now, he's a good technical fighter, as is Felder as well. Not, I'm, that might sound like a negative thing I'm saying about him, but I, I don't think it is. I just think it's, it is it is the way they fight. And look, if your cardio is good enough, which, you know, Felder has had great cardio, and I think Piccolotti has as well, there's no problem fighting that way. If it works for you, it's, it's a good way to fight, absolutely. Um... But when Piccolotti gets the fight to the ground, he is vicious. Like, his elbows, his ground bound, his control. Um, uh, on on the, uh, the one the fight I, I watched, Mike Goldberg was commentating on it. And um, uh, he was talking about him training with Chael Sonnen. And you can kind of see that. You know, you can see how well he, <laughs> he kind of lands his shots. And how well... Um, you know, how well those takedowns are kind of put into place. Whereas, you know, Chael was always a great one for getting someone against the cage, making it tough for them, not letting them go and getting the fight to the ground. Piccolotti does the same, I think. Uh, and I think he'll win lots of fights fighting like that. Um, but against Carcanyon, it's it's a very interesting one. Like, Carcanyon is, has good takedown events. He's good wrestling. Uh, Piccolotti, it's mostly him attacking with the wrestling, but I'm sure he is very good takedown defense uh, as well. Both good strikers. I think more of, I think Carcanyon has more of, more power, but both, uh, it's funny. The guy with more power fights a more technical game, and the the guy with less power fights a more power game, I would say. So I'm not, I'm not sure how that will actually work out. It'll be an interesting one. But um, I think Carcanyon, Look, I think Arcanian will be able to, to counter a lot of those shots that Piccolotti's thrown, and it could be one of these fights where Piccolotti is winning on the numbers, but Carcanyon wins the fight in terms of effective striking and in, te- in terms of power shots landed. Uh, so, you know, an interesting judge of one. Hopefully, uh, Big John is there and hopefully he's on his game and, and calling it right. But, uh, yeah, like with the wrestling as well, you against most people, you probably fancy Piccolati to go in and take him down and dominate him there. But it's very hard, going to be very, very hard to dominate Georgi Carcanyan on the ground. This guy, you know, he, he to steal a phrase from Jimmy Smith, he's like a fire hydrant. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be tough for... Uh, for Piccolotti to do that. So I find it hard to call that fight, honestly. That's a very, very tough fight for me to call. Very much down the middle. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. I've kind of talked myself into looking forward to it here. But uh, yeah, uh, that that is the, the lightweight fight. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a battle. Um, the co-main event in, Andrei Koreshkov. Uh, he was supposed to fight uh, Mamed Berkamov, a fight I was really looking forward to. I think they were supposed to fight... Uh, on another card as well that that I was uh, previewing a few months back, but uh, he was he pulled out uh, Berkamov and he's been replaced by Chancer Encounter, who you know we've seen fighting UFC, fought in Bellator and stuff before. And I went to watch a couple of Chance fights. Um, look, he's a. It's I don't know how you would describe him. Really. I don't know how you would describe him really. A little bit Clay Guida-ish maybe. You know, very light in his feet. For a welterweight, you know, throws a lot of shots, um, will attack a lot, but also he's one of those guys who he looks more like an attacking fighter than he actually is, and sometimes he will wait for you come on to, to come on to him and throw counters or, or not even not even counter you, but kind of meet you in the middle when you're throwing shots, which against Andre Koreshkov, 
probably not a good, probably not a good game plan to be honest. Honestly, I think I think this is a favorable matchup for Karishkov. No, look, go and watch Rinconcher uh, getting the knockout here. But anyone who's watched Karishkov knows he's a very very well rounded fighter. Um, improved in all areas. He's always been a very good striker. I think his wrestling now is, is fantastic as well. He lost, I'm not mistaken, he lost to Ben Askren back in the day, didn't he? Yeah, but I think, you know, anyone, prime Ben Askren with his wrestling was was an almighty matchup for a lot of people now if he came into the UFC against GSP or someone like that. Maybe not them, but Koreshkov, early days was kind of caught that way and it definitely helped his career. I think if there's a takedown in this fight, I would probably fancy it to be from Koreshkov. Um, um, you know, and uh, look, if anyone is watching, we know what he is. He's a great, great technical striker, a beautiful jab, beautiful right hand down through the middle, power, uh, defensively very, very, very good. You know, he's he's a type of fighter that I like. You know, he is just the, the straight up technical, basic, brilliant fighter. And, you know, basic might sound, again, like something negative there, but to me, it's it's absolutely not. Some of the best fighters in the world are, are basics, and, and it's the, the reason they're good is because of the basics. There's nothing better than, in MMA or in fight sports, to me, than a magnificent jab. And, like, Karishkov throws his jabs so well. And I feel like Rincontra, when he does come in, you know, as I said, he likes to meet guys in the middle and fight them there and meet them when they're kind of striking. If he does that against Koreshkov, he's going to get a bloody nose very quickly with that jab. He's going to get a bloody mouth very quickly with that jab. And it's going to be a, 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 a tough night for him. A very, very tough night for him. And honestly, that's the way I think it, it will go. Um, I could even see Koreshkov maybe landing on top. Maybe Rinconcha tries to get a couple of takedowns and, and things. But uh, it's going to be very tough against Koreshkov. I just think his striking and his technique will be a little bit too much. Now, maybe you're in contra fights a safer game here, and that's probably the way to go, honestly, if you're him. Because he is good on the outside. He is, you know, he is lighting his feet. Maybe throw leg kicks from the outside, a few head kicks, uh, and things like that, and, and stay loose. He's good uh, cardio um, over uh, over three rounds. So maybe that's the way for him to fight. But even if he does that, I, I would still uh, fancy Andrei Koreshkov to uh, to win it here. So, uh, yeah, that's the common event. In the main event, the history is made, actually, in this main event. It's the first ever five-round non-title main event in Bellator history. So they changed it. Uh, this is the first card that's uh, been headlined by a non-title fight. You know, they changed it at the turn of the year. Um, and Neiman Gracie is fighting Logan Storley in a, in a very, very interesting matchup now funnily enough sometimes i come on here and go oh you know this guy doesn't has never really fought uh an opponent like his upcoming opponent and you could say the same for the other guy this is not one of those cases neiman gracie has fought john fitch which is, <laughs> is good and uh logan storley who did logan storley fight oh amasov which okay amasov is not exactly like gracie but you know, he's a very, very good grappler as well. And I went back and I watched all of those fights uh, the, the, just before we did this and, and a couple of bits of, of other things as well. And this, <laughs> look, this is almost certainly going to be a battle on the ground. Now, watch it be a you know, 25 minutes, sorry. I'll have a kickboxing match. But look, Logan Storley, everything he does is trying to get the fight to the ground. Neiman Gracie is just absolutely happy to go. His second name is Gracie. <laughs> you need to say any more really, really good high-level uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, well, I'll talk more about the ground in a second. On the feet, I don't know, to be honest. I think Gracie is a better striker than Storley in terms of um, technique. Uh, but 
you have to remember Logan Sorley is fighting out of um, Sanford MMA as well. Where you know I, talk, I heard Ian Gary talking the other day and uh, about um, about training with him, and you know he's training with the likes from the jiu-jitsu side of it with you know Gilbert Burns and Luke and all that. But from the the striking side of it, with Ian Gary, with Luke, with Henry Hooft as his coach, with Cameron Usman, uh, I am Derek Brunson. I'm probably forgetting loads more. So his, I'm sure his striking has improved. So, you know, someone's still very young in the game, even though he's fought at a very good level and fought the champion and arguably won that fight. I went back and watched it this morning. It was a close, close fight. Very, very arguable that he won that fight. Um, but, so he's definitely improving and he will be improving all the time. So it's not okay. If I was to talk about the striking matchup here, it's a tough one. It's honestly a tough one because I think Storley has power and if he hits Gracie hard, I, I think he could knock him out because he's a powerful guy, you know. And if his, um, you know, if his game has improved, if his technique has improved, if his, his ability to use his natural power has improved, he could very well keep this on the feet and win it there. Now, Gracie has a good jab and he's a good one-two and stuff like that, but look, he's a grappler as well, but he's learned a bit and he's, he's a well-rounded martial artist. He's fought people on the feet and done... Uh, you know relatively well as well so you know but I, I think everyone look who goes back and watches any of their fights and is looking forward to this hopes it's a battle on the ground because that's where it's going to be fun you know Logan Storley uh, a very very well decorated um, wrestler in in the NCAAs and all that I think they, they said in the commentary that when he was 14 in high school he was be- beating 18 year olds or, or something like that he was in 4th grade beating you know seniors or whatever it is so I don't know I'm not from America I don't know what, what any of that means but it sounded good anyway so he's, he's a, but he, you could see in his fights he's a really really good wrestler and Neiman Gracie He'll just go for everything. He'll go for arm bars, leg locks, omoplatas, all of that. So for Logan Sorley, if you take this fight to the ground, you're really going into a bear trap there because um, Ian Grace is just tr- going to try to catch you in everything. He's going to try to make it tough for you. He's going to, you know, he's going to welcome those takedowns. Logan Storley's used to fighting people who are like, do not take me down. If I take down, if I get taken down here, I have lost this fight. Not against Neiman Gracie. And Neiman Gracie is also used to fighting people who are like, oh, I can't take this guy down. I have to strike him on the feet. Now, maybe Storley will be like that and he will want to um, turn it into a, a striker matchup. But I feel like he will try to be taken, uh, will, will be trying to take it down and will try to win the fight on the ground. Now, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Storley... Apart from that Amosov fight where Amosov just made it really, really tough. And that was more wrestling, I think, than grappling or than jiu-jitsu. I don't think Neiman Gracie is as good a wrestler as Amosov is, but obviously his jiu-jitsu is, is superior to almost everyone in, the, in that division. So, uh, on uh, Amosov beat Storley to the takedown, if you want to put it like that. He didn't let him get the takedown. He got a couple of takedowns, but he didn't let him get it easy. And it was like, the vast majority of that fight was Amosov stopping Storley's takedowns. I don't think Gracie will be able to do that, first of all. I don't think he'll want to do it either. So it'll turn into a very different fight. And when Storley gets into fights like that, where he is on top, where someone can't stop the takedown, his ground upon comes out. And his vicious ground upon hits really, really hard. Um, opening up a ground and pound though against someone like like uh, Gracie is going to be tough but if he can get safe can open up a ground and pound he will win the fight uh, but he has to be very 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 safe and uh, not get caught uh, in a submission from uh, from Neiman Gracie so look I don't this is going to be a good fight in terms of a grappling matchup if if Story can't just hold him down and remain safe like if there is 
transitions and many transitions throughout the fight. This could be like one of the fights of the year on the ground. It could be absolutely brilliant, depending on how dominant Storley can be. Like everyone, every neutral watching this fight would probably want Storley to be able to get a takedown, be relatively dominant on top, but not too dominant. Not hold him down for five rounds nonstop. Like if uh, Gracie can get a few, you know, a few moments, a few submission attempts, a few, you know, a, uh, a few sweeps and things like that. This could be really, really exciting. And as a neutral watching, I think that's what most people want. But if Storley gets it down and and Gracie can't do any of that, it could be a it could be a twenty five minute bore fest. But look. That's what, that's what you get in uh, in MMA and in big fights like this. So, uh, yeah, I, I think in general, uh, a very, very good main card that I'm looking for. Not a very good main card, but a good main card with good matchmaking, I think, and, and a few exciting fights. One or two things from the undercard. Not anything massive, uh, but, uh, yeah, Bellator back. Then we'll be back in Ireland next week. I'll have a preview for that as well. And uh, on, onwards for Bellator uh, in this year. All right, I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com. And I'll see you all next time.